Welcome to Cats by 90, a podcast dedicated to you, the Big Blue Nation, basketball, football, and the latest recruiting news. If it's Kentucky sports, then it's here on Cats by 90. Now, from SB Nation's A Sea of Blue, your hosts, Big Blue Drew and Aaron Gershon. Another episode of Cats by 90 podcast brought to you by SB Nation's A Sea of Blue. Um, today is Tuesday. What is it? September 24th. Is that what it is, Aaron? 24th. 24th. All right. So, yeah, we got um, a nice week off work for me this week. So that's awesome. I don't have any work this week. So I'm able to record a little earlier in the day. And um, obviously that's that's good for me, Aaron. But how are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Uh this week is a busy one for me. I'm glad I'm glad you're off though. I know you have a lot going on, so that's good. But I there's a potential. I just got hit with an opportunity that, depending on numbers, that I could be at in Cincinnati for the Reds Brewers game, credentialed and covering the Brewers postseason celebration. So that would be freaking awesome. So cool. hoping Rogers work out there. And then obviously I'm heading to Columbia this weekend. So a lot going on. Um, but all good stuff. Yeah, we have similar things with that then because I'm actually going to St. Louis this weekend with my dad to see the Cubs play. And um, we were going to make it a whole weekend thing, but since they have been eliminated from contention, we're just going to go Saturday. So the opposite of watching the Brewers postgame celebration. Yeah, no, that'll be <laughs> awesome. <But> yeah, <laughs> I'm hoping they give goggles out so I don't get champagne in my eyes. That, is one that will be neat, though. We'll have to follow up with you on that. But uh, we'll just get started like always, man. We'll hit up this In My Feelings segment. I will go first this week. Um, what's pissing me off is very simple. I'm so sick of these daycare colds that I'm getting. So my son's now about, I think, I don't know, nine or 10 weeks into daycare in his life. And one of us or all of us have been sick every single day, seemingly. So I'm fighting another one off. And it's one of those deals too, Aaron, where it's like, oh, I'm sick. I hate being sick when I'm, you know, not feeling well the day I'm on vacation. But at the same time, it's nice not being at work. So it's kind of a, a catch 22 there. And then um, something made me feel good. Very easy one for that. So big shout out to Owen. Um, Owen on Twitter is at 752RUP, at 75TORUP. Um, Owen's a graphic designer. Um, he also works as a realtor, big Kentucky fan. But anyway, I hit him up on Twitter, and he was very gracious to make our Cats by 90 um, logo for us. So please check out the Twitter page at um, Cats by 90 to see it. But Huge shout out to Lo, um, to Owen. That was really nice of him to do that, and it looks sick. He's really good at what he does. So big props to him. Absolutely, we definitely appreciate it. And um, yeah, it looks really good. It's clean. <laughs> it looks great. So we're thankful for that. That's a good call there. What about you, Aaron? What do you got going on since? Well, I guess the last time we talked was Thursday. So it's over the yeah. weekend. Um, how's everything going with you? Uh, I guess with, I'm going to stick sports on both ends. What I guess I'll stick with what pissed me off is this whole Kansas thing. And not, I mean, I feel like they're not the first big school to be hit with a bunch going on. And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, there's been so much going on in my life. And then Kentucky sports stuff that I put first. And I haven't gotten a chance to read up on it. But what I did see is Bill Self pretty much denying everything. And then the AD, instead of backing um, what I mean, when the sanctions are going to be to the height they're at, I mean, the NCAA, yeah, they could be critical, but it seems like they, they're on to something really, really wrong going on. And the AD kind of backing self pissed me off because, I, I don't know, they're not just going to investigate and 
looks like throw the house at you if you didn't do anything. So that whole situation ticks me off. I hate hearing about it because it's not fun. Just as uh, crappy as some of the rules can be, just play by them and all that. So it's not even not just Kansas. If it were Kentucky, I'd be just as pissed. Yeah, I'm with you on it. I'm, I'm just so fatigued with it all. And I, I purposely try not to even read up on the details. I'm really glad that with the writing that we do, Aaron, that we're kind of like removed from, you know, getting into the intricate details that, you know, we'll have to do, you know, quick posts on the when the hammer drops and these rumors and things. But the nitty gritty of it, I'm just I'm over it. I'm very fatigued by it and I'm ready to move on. Absolutely. But on a better sports news, how about my guy, Daniel Jones? This week? Yeah, I knew that was going to be yours, man. I was watching yesterday and I'm like, oh, I know what Aaron's feel good is going to be this week. How about it? I was jumping up and down in here. And I'm as people that know me um, know, I love Eli Manning more than anyone. He's probably my all time favorite athlete, but it was time for a change. And boy, I mean, I'm not expecting a winning season by any means for my Giants this year, but I feel a hell of a lot better about the future and um, just winning a couple games this year and being competitive for at least a few weeks. So I was really excited to see that he looked as poised as anybody and proving the doubters wrong. And I could forgive the fact he went to Duke because he's on my team now. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm assuming all Giants fans are kind of sharing your sentiment on that. And it was cool to see him. And man, though, this, this kicking game all over football just seems to be digressing by the moment. But you know, it almost yeah, that, ended up not being a, a moment to celebrate as much and uh, right. end up missing the field goal. So, yeah. But what's crazy about that game, and I'll drop the stat before we move on here, is as great as Deion Manning was in games he fell behind in his career um, by 18 or more, he was 0 44. Daniel Jones is 1 0. Oh, so, wow. Interesting. Something else. <laughs> well, well, hopefully um, he doesn't have 44 opportunities again like Eli Manning to, have, to be down even that many points. But. I'm with you on that. <laughs> Good set, but I guess, man, obviously, so we have to start. So, again, today's Tuesday, September 24th. Um, so, gosh, I guess I'm about, like, uh, being on vacation of work and my trip. I'm kind of discombobulated on time. But um, so I guess I'm about 48 hours-ish removed or so, maybe three days from the game. Um, as far as my trip to Starkville, though, Arenos, I mean, pretty much as advertised, uh, boring as hell drive. I stayed in Tennessee at a cheap hotel. Um, but I will say this, Aaron. I mean, from the second you get on campus, the, their campus is gorgeous. It has centralized athletic facilities that were all really nice. So I got a chance to see like the baseball stadium, track, um, football, baseball, basketball. So it was really cool. And, and the campus is like, I kept making the joke that it's like Elysium or something when you step on there. It's kind of like you leave the planet into this, this perfect place, but it was clean. It was nice. Even the tailgates were nice. Um, and then just, you know, as soon as you kind of leave campus, Starkville is, is pretty bleak. But yeah, I enjoyed well, myself. There's some good restaurants down there. That's what Dick kept raving about because I was telling Dick about, oh, everyone complains about Starkville. He's like, yeah, yeah, they have good food at least. So I don't know if you get a chance to check out check that out. But um, he seems to say it gets a little bit of a bad rep. Yeah, I actually heard that, though. I heard a few people um, when I was um, actually eating in the like the press box, some people talking about, you know, the meals they ate that night or the night before and what they were going to do that night. So I, I, I'm sure that's true. Um, I got kind of got the heck out of there after I got the post-game stuff and drove about as far as I could and, and finished the rest the next day. But one thing I wanted to ask you, Aaron, because it seemed to be like uh, I went on a couple post-game shows afterwards and just hearing fans and maybe even texting with you a little bit while I was at the game um, on the field is that it didn't seem to me like the environment or the atmosphere translated very well to TV. Because I heard a lot of people just saying it didn't seem that hostile, it didn't seem full. 
And um, I'll go over my perspective in a minute, but w- would you agree with that, Aaron? Did it not seem like it was that tough of a road game on TV? No, it, it didn't. I mean, you heard the, the damn cowbells blaring, which I'm sure is still ringing in your ear right now, but um, you definitely heard that. But no, they didn't make it out to be some you know massive crowd for their SEC opener down in Starkville. They, they didn't really advertise the crowd much, and I'm not one because, God, I could never commentate a game right now, but I don't know if you heard or I obviously didn't watch the game because you were there, but commentators on SEC Network, man, were just brutal. They were on the torch. Yeah. I mean, dude, they didn't, they didn't realize why Kentucky sat Cash Daniel in the first quarter. That's pathetic. They, That's shameful to not have any they, insight on that. And one thing I was talking with the media guys yesterday is they didn't catch this, but I did, or I think one other person did. But they said at least four times, oh, the winner of this game will improve to 1-0 and in SEC play. Like, yeah. pretty sure Kentucky and Florida are in the same damn conference that they played last yeah, and, week. Yeah, and so. played in the game of the week in the SEC for sure. You know, the game of probably the season for the SEC so far. Right. So it's it, they were just so unprepared. And honestly, you know, the way they didn't really talk about the environment well much, I kind of just had to – go off what you were saying and some of the other people down there. And I, I obviously anyone could hear the Cowboys um, on TV, but God, uh, it, it was a brutal broadcast. And I hate to be the guy to criticize others in this, you know, somewhat industry, but gosh, it was awful. Yeah. I've heard nothing but the announcers getting torched. You were texting me that. and That really is pathetic to not know anything about, but I mean, it dominated the headlines, the cash Daniel stuff here all week. So Simple Google search of Kentucky football, but it is. It is a hard job. I know they read a ton. People don't realize how much those guys have to read. They're kind of their whole job is just reading. Yeah. And, but I mean, they just have, you get, they got that game two weeks ago. They knew they could start preparing as soon as whatever game they had last weekend. That's what frustrated. Yeah. Not knowing about cash is crazy. But so from my perspective, is going back to the environment. Like again, it was obviously my first time in Starkville. I was on the field taking pictures. And maybe this is a, a good differentiator too was, I think the loudest that stadium got the whole afternoon was on the pick six, which was like, you know, very first few plays yeah. of the game. So that kind of set the third, tone to third me. Third throw for Sawyer. There was multiple times when, like, I was like, damn, it's really, really loud in here and totally forgot the fact that I was wearing earplugs. Like, I had earplugs in the whole time, and it was still pretty loud. But, yeah, I just looked it up. So there's 54,000 people there, about almost 55,000 people. Um, which I I would say though I'm always terrible at this, but I would guesstimate that it was still like 85 ish percent full. There was some corners open, um, in each side, but one whole side was just completely filled. And I have a feeling that was the opposite side the TV was showing, because one whole see. side was completely yeah. jam packed. The opposite was it like it would have been if you could see Kentucky sideline on the broadcast, then I guess that like you know if you were facing that that would have been the other side because behind Mississippi State, obviously, I mean it was completely full. So I thought it was pretty wild in there. I definitely think it was a tough place to play. I mean, we're discounting the fact that that was really Kentucky's first road trip, you know, of the season it was. And then for it to be, you know, you know, Sawyer Smith's, you know, one of the more difficult um, things to do, come in only in your second game and have that to deal with. So, but nonetheless, Kentucky still didn't play well, gave themselves a chance to win. But I guess my biggest point was I thought that it was being discounted a little bit that that was, you know, a true tough road environment, and and it was. Yeah, it absolutely was. And I know, I think I know what you're alluding to with, uh, I know you asked Sawyer Smith that question. He kind of gave a, I'm going to say, jerky answer about it. Um, He seemed not to be in the best of moods after that game. Uh, He didn't, yeah. But 
yeah, anyway, but um, yeah, I, Starkville is going to be a tough place to play, whether anyone wants to admit it or not. Those cowbells are obnoxiously loud. Their fans are really, they're great at the end of the day. Um, they're not the obnoxious type. I mean, the cowbells might be obnoxious, but pretty good people. They really care about their team. And let's be real for a second. Um, where they are in the country, just geographically, there's not much down there. And they have a, a huge board school right there, SEC football in front of them. And they get some of the best athletes in the country coming in for, you know, football season and basketball season, and they're going to love their team. So that's gonna, that's a tough environment. Road, SEC, especially with a young football team, especially on offense where you're dealing with the noise. And Mississippi State, you know, coming off the letdown they had a week ago, it, it was just – that's why I predicted them to lose this game at the beginning of the year. And now um, it's just, that was just a bad matchup for this young team, in my opinion. Yeah, and I keep going back to this too, Aaron. It's like we go back to preseason predictions. Most everybody predicted Florida to or Kentucky to lose to Florida. Most people then went on to predict that they would probably split this road trip. That scenario sure. is still on the table, but it just does not feel that way. There's just seems like so much has just been taken out of this team over the last like six quarters of football. And it's like, what do you do? I mean, so now Sawyer Smith's potentially injured. Um, we're not sure how serious that is. I know you're actually headed – probably should have yeah. waited. This. You're actually headed to the press conference, uh, what, here in just like an hour, not even. So we'll we'll so, find out more about that. Yeah, well, you, so usually we'll probably hear from Eddie Grant and Walker Wood today, but Sawyer has a class on Tuesday night, so he usually talks with the defense on Wednesday. But I could tell you this. Um, I was at Mark Stoops' conference, and I don't know if you got a chance to hear any of it. I've I, Since I've you know been covering – UK the last two seasons, which obviously it's been a much brighter two years than usual uh, with the winning, but I had never seen him so angry before. He was pissed yesterday. He was firing questions that normally he wouldn't. He was um, not smiling. He was not laughing like he usually does. Even he even laughed after on the Monday one after the Florida game. He was pissed off with how his team played, and he showed it. But um, he did make a comment saying that yesterday Sawyer Smith couldn't even couldn't throw a football even if he tried so that's not that's not good because obviously they'll probably have more to say today tomorrow and Thursday but um that ain't good that that's not good you (laughs) six days away from a game and you can't even think about throwing a ball like that's not good yeah, I was telling you that from the game before I think it was even kind of known that he got hurt. I, I kind of immediately saw it and he was doing that deal, Aaron, you know, like when it's your shoulder or your arm where it's just like completely straight and limp and you're kind of just favoring it like that. And he was doing that pretty much after every play. He was just letting it dangle and kind of squeezing it. And so I wasn't surprised at all when he did end up going back to the locker room and, and who knows what they did there. But he did take pride though. I'll tell you if I can find that audio. I have some Lynn Bowden audio that, uh, that I want to play, but. Um, he did make a reference in the post game too. Like you said, he he wasn't in a great mood, but he's a fiery competitor. Um, just about it. He didn't miss a snap. He thought that someone had implied that he missed time. He said, "I didn't miss a snap." Yeah. So I mean, he's feisty, and I think he's I think he'll do everything he can to play. But there's just no doubt about it. I mean, now I think that really put to bed the, you know, the fact that there are known deficiencies now without Terry Wilson, and I think trying to mask those is going to continue to probably be the identity of this team, at least for the next few weeks, I mean, especially this week, getting into this bye week. Something else interesting that uh, Stoop said yesterday is that obviously if, God forbid, Sawyer can't play, they'd get Walker Wood ready for the start. But they said he left the door open for other 
possibilities. And really, um, what he said was that Nick Scalzo, the incoming freshman who wore his ACL up for a second time now, um, was probably the best suited to start as a third stringer. And wow. he's not anymore. So you're looking at Wood and Amani Gilmore, who he said is a ways away, but he left the door open saying Wood might not even be the guy. So God only knows what that means if it's an Amani Gilmore who's not ready to play. You have a walk-on in Colby Langley, who met probably most people don't even know who he is. Um, and yeah, yeah I legitimately so- never heard that dude's name ever. No. He just said it. <laughs> um, I have heard though, most of the media though has pretty much said that they they don't or not pretty much. I've heard people say that they do not think it would be Walker Wood if Sawyer Smith was to go down. That it would they be might. like Lynn or somebody like that. That they're just not even going to do that. So, geez, that man, would- what a what a challenge. That's- they're an absolute disaster. Um, I, I think they're better. I, as much as I like Lynn and he's such an athlete, but then you're taking him off the receiver position. You know what teams are going to do? They're going to double him odd. That, For sure. Just, it's a mess right now. Well, man, if I wish this bye week was this week. Kentucky needs a bye oh, week more than any team in the country. So yeah, if, if they, they can go like- to Columbia and steal a win, though, I mean, this is perfect time to have a bye week because, again – they're kind of right in that position that most people thought that they would be in. It just doesn't seem like it with these injuries, with missed field goals, which we haven't even talked about, um, and then just lackluster play and kind of not showing up when when they need to. So, um, but you know, still a win in Columbia, and they really will have you know basically two full you know two full weeks to kind of get things right, get healthy, and kind of figure out how to play this very manageable back half of the schedule. Yeah, well, what's good? I mean, South Carolina is going to be an even tougher environment than uh, Starfield was, but you're not really facing a good football team down there. Simple yeah, they as suck. that. Yeah, they were like that's probably that's probably right. I mean, they're one and three. Granted, they have the. Have you seen their schedule, man? Whew. Yeah, I, I mean, mean they're they're out. so let's go and, through there. So they've lost to um here. I'll pull that up real quick. I was just yeah, looking at lost, it. Alabama, Mizzou, and uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. And they yeah. They rolled over an FCS school for their one win. So Exactly, yep, and they're giving up over 40 points a game right now in SEC play. So, yeah, they lost to North Carolina 24-20, to beat Charleston yep. Southern 72-10, lost to Alabama a couple weeks ago 47-23, and just got handled um, by Missouri on the road 34-14. to So they're, they're in the, they're a similar position to Kentucky. You know, Jake Bentley went down. He's out indefinitely. They're playing a freshman quarterback. He gave the ball away twice. Um, in, yep. their, in their game against Missouri. So, right. very so, winnable. Very winnable game. That's the one bright side is you're not going in and playing Georgia this weekend where this game, it could be really ugly. You're going in to play a South Carolina team that really, at this point, they're just praying to get a bowl game because the rest of their schedule is this. It's Kentucky, next, then they'll get a bye, and then they have to play, go to Athens to play the Bulldogs. They'll host the Florida Gators, who looked excellent this weekend. At Tennessee, probably pretty even if you ask me. Um, Vanderbilt, they should blow over. Then Appalachian State, who's one of the better non-Power um, 5 programs in the country. At number 23, Texas A&M. And home against number one, Clemson. So, yikes for South Carolina. That is a brutal schedule. There's no free wins the rest of the way. So, um, they need this game as bad as UK does. And <laughs> But if UK can, I mean, they just got to play like they did against Florida for three and a half quarters, and they should whoop them really. And yeah, all, all, it's, all signs on the football side would indicate Kentucky 
um, being the better team, but they're obviously not favored because it's on the road. Yeah. And Which then, I- yeah, absolutely. I understand that, but I didn't understand. <laughs> I hate Vegas so much, Aaron. Like I didn't understand the eight and a half point spread it opened at a Mississippi State until about three minutes into that game. Then I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. Well, it was ten and a half for a while. That's more like it. <laughs> that game. You know what, Mississippi State. Um, they're just a really good football team, and Kentucky's a um, well banged up, and they're a good. Kentucky's a good team. Don't get me wrong. I thought they played better than they were the better team than Florida for ninety percent of the game two weeks ago, and that I, my opinion on that doesn't change. But they're banged up, and they just played uninspired football. If you ask me, last weekend, I and that's what pissed Mark Stoops off so much because he can handle the Florida loss because those guys went to war. They played unbelievably hard. Um, arguably should have won that game, um, but and they didn't. But that was okay because they really they put their best foot forward. And even with the Terry injury and all the losses from last year, they were right there against Florida and probably should have had them. And he was proud of that. But there was really nothing to be proud of other than maybe the two turnovers by the young guys on the in the secondary. Um, that to me were those were the two highlights of the day. Seeing some of the secondary guys make plays, but. You drop three touchdowns. You make a lot of boneheaded throws. You miss two field goals. What's there to be proud of? Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty shitty performance overall. But I did want to talk about a little bit about that too, with um, what Stoops had to say and just kind of the post game feel in general from my perspective, being in Starkville. But um, real quick before we do that, Aaron, let's take a quick sponsor break. All right, and we are back on the Cats by 90 podcast, Drew Brown, Aaron Gershon. So um, right before we took the break, Aaron, we were kind of talking about Mark Stoops' mood now um, after the loss to Mississippi State. But, you know, he was fired up after the game there, too, in Starkville. And um, one thing that he kept mentioning over and over was that it was a physical football game. He knew it was going to be a physical football game. It's always a physical football game when they play Mississippi State. And just kind of his disdain that his guys didn't seem to rise to that challenge and didn't want to play in a physical football game like that. And that was kind of my takeaway, too, man. Like, I I was worried that first six or seven minutes of the game that they were going to get beat 40 to zero because there was just no momentum, no execution. And really, that kind of same thing carried on throughout the whole game. They just didn't look like they wanted to be there, honestly. It just wasn't a lot of fire in them. And so that was tough. But, um, I had some video or some um, audio here of Lynn Bowden. He kind of had a funny dig at the media, which I saw was, I won't say a dig at the media. It was just funny. And he, he just mentioned something about um, the first half in particular. They played old Kentucky football, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. So let me play this. This was Lynn Bowden in post game after Mississippi State. Uh, you know, second half, we came out, played our ball. We played old Kentucky ball in the first half. So just got to make up for mistakes. What are some of those mistakes that drop passes? Just how do you how do you shake those off? Or you just got to reel them in. I dropped two, three. Oh, shit. If I had my, if I had better hands, I'd be y'all. So <laughs> you know what I'm just gotta get back in the lab. Drop too many balls, man. Yep. So that was Lynn Bowden, basically kind of taking some. Uh, he's such a good interview, you know. So if you didn't pick up on that, he was. Basically, just talking about how many passes he dropped and that. Uh, but if right. he had better hands, he would be the media. So we, we all thought that was funny, and uh, it was definitely nice, Aaron, to have even a small, little, lighthearted joke. Um, because you can imagine the vibe that was in there. I mean, they were basically just hurting in players for two minutes at a time. They they wanted nothing more than to get their media obligations over with and get out of there. So 
it was just yeah. a bad feel afterwards. And I'm, but, so besides Stoops mentioning that it was a very physical football game, listen to this, Aaron. I thought this was like very unusual. So, you know, there was the pick six, obviously, that set the tone for the game. It was the biggest play of the game. You know, normally, especially with the play happening that early, after the game, you would just get like that coach speak from the coaches and the players, just like, oh, it was just one play type thing. But like almost every offensive player, I think, and Mark Stoops, like mentioned it multiple times, just how hard it was to overcome that and just kept talking about the pick six. So I thought that was pretty interesting that they actually were attributing that to just never being able to get it together that whole day. Well, that ain't good because you know what? That was the third play from scrimmage. You just can't give up after that. Yeah, and I mean, they. I guess one positive thing would be, obviously, Kentucky did not play well at all, and they were still in that game midway through the fourth quarter. You know, they had every opportunity. They were leaving the door open. And what about these missed field goals? I mean, I don't get your perspective on the missed field goals. Yeah, first of all, I mean, if you remember last year, poor true freshman, Miles um, Butler was kind of up and down, and they had four come do his four uh, kick four games because he had such a good leg, and he did really well. Right, I mean, mm-hmm. and he, I think it was was it the spring game he had a fifty two yarder, and after the game, you know, he was saying he, he's hit as far as fifty six, and you're like, man, you know, you have the second coming to Austin McGinnis here. I mean, there were the, <laughs> this is the guy fans were screaming for when Miles Butler was struggling last year. He came in, kicked four games, and did wonderfully. And he obviously during the Florida game, did he? He made a kick, right? He made a kick in the first half. And he starts this game in Mississippi State, and he nails a 40-yarder, and you're thinking, all right, he's got it going again. But then, man, he just looked terrible the second two. And you've got to think any time with kickers, it's probably mental. I mean, there's no way that Florida kick still isn't in his head right now. Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, and that's the problem now. It's it's always that way. You know, how long do you leave him out there? You know he has the ability – but it's just like how many kicks are you going to let him miss? And then missing those kicks only gets him deeper in the spiral. So I know Stoops did say yesterday, right, that, you know, chance, even though they didn't change the official depth chart, it sounds right. like that he's out. And um, I forget the guy's name, Ruff. I think he calls yeah. him Ruff. He's in. Yeah, he, uh, Poor went three for seven. Is three for seven on field goals this season. So uh, 0 for 1 from the 20 to 29 range, 0 for 1, 30 to 39, 3 for 5, 40 to 49. So kind of bizarre, but. Yeah, Ruffalo's going to be the guy this weekend. He's a junior who I don't think he's ever even played before other than that one kick he had last week. So <laughs> um, I don't know much about him. Yeah, that's his only career stat, and he's a junior. So, oh, boy. <laughs> Especially yeah, no, So Stoops Ooh. didn't say yesterday, though. He didn't because I know Chance Poor was injured on that second kick that he missed, but he didn't say that that was um, why he was being replaced, right? <laughs> he I mean, he kind of tried to make it sound like that, but it didn't really work out. I think we all, all, everyone in that room knew why he was being removed. And he did get hit on that play. And I don't, I didn't, I, at the time, I kind of understood why they didn't throw the running into the kicker, roughing into the kicker. I'd have to go back and watch it again. But, um, yeah, I, I think we all know why Poor and I, Poor's removed from that role. I, I, it kind of, I think it was one of those that went without saying type of things. It's kind of wild to me, too, that, like, again, we're, like, 30 minutes into talking about, you know, mostly recapping Mississippi State, and the field goals aren't brought up right away. Because, you know, it is a different game if he's making those field goals, you know, just the from a morale standpoint, because almost everything we've talked about, that's what it's been. It's kind of been more will than skill as far as execution and things. It just didn't seem like 
Kentucky was ready to punch back as hard as Mississippi State. So that does matter, man. You know, taking missing those field goals takes a lot out of a team. And yeah, and you have to think even the coaching staff, you know, because they're they're shaking their head. They don't know where to turn. It's such a a tough call to make to bring someone else in. But that's a totally different game, you know, the pick six and those field goals. And Kentucky could have, you know, escaped from there with the win without even playing well. Yep, they absolutely could have. And, you know, it's hard to blame a kicker, like you were saying. And the fact we didn't bring it up first, there were so many other issues, just like the Florida game. I mean, two weeks in a row, Kentucky's lost more than, you know, the other team has won. And that's not a – again, that's taking nothing away from either Florida, who had a really inspired comeback with the second-string quarterback, and then you had Mississippi State just – they were simply the better team on the field Saturday. So I don't want to take anything away from those two teams, but UK shot themselves in the foot and just look at where they're ranking nationally. Their defense ranks 90th in the country right now in yards allowed um, getting to the offense right now, but you're just not going to win many games when you're 90th in total defense. And there are a bunch of teams um, in the conference way ahead of you uh, off total offense are actually 46, which is, Surprisingly more than I would have thought, but only averaging 27 points per game, which, um, let's see, that's not, there's a lot of teams ahead of them there. So 27 points a game, their average has them 85th in the country. So they're just not playing well enough to win games right now. Simple as that. And we'll see. (laughs) Well, no better team to meet, you know, to get things back on track. Because like I said earlier, South Carolina has given up over 40 points a game. I'm an SEC play right now. Aaron, South Carolina against Missouri on Saturday rushed for 16 total yards, and they're playing a fresh quarterback due to injury too. So, I mean, both sides of the ball are just stacked up for Kentucky to have a field you know, day. It might be a lot. I, 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 I like the defensive side, obviously, but, man, if Sawyer Smith doesn't play, I mean, you're looking at like a 10-7 battle. Because, I mean – you have to also take into account that this is on their home field and it's their parents' weekend, so 7.30 kick, that place is going to be freaking rocking. So if it's not Sawyer Smith out there and you're throwing Walker Wood or Amani Gilmore or I guess Lynn Bowden out there at quarterback for the first time in their lives or college careers, uh, whew, that's brutal. But um, South Carolina doesn't really put points on the board in the UK's defense, man, I mean – they turned it on in the second half last week. They turned it on in the first. They That's the thing. All year long, they haven't played two halves, right? The Toledo game, the first half was pretty ugly. Um, then they played an excellent second half. Eastern Michigan, dominant first half. Looked like a ranked team. Second right. half, they almost let EMU come back and win the game. Third right, game, yeah. dominant first half, dominant third quarter. Fourth quarter was a joke. And then last weekend, you know, the first half was brutal. The second half, they didn't allow it. But, any points until that final drive. So they were playing a lot better and they were able to get into the end zone and turn it, get a turnover themselves. And obviously the missed kicks by four, but they gave themselves a chance at least with the offense doing well enough to get into that field goal range and they cut the lead to eight. So they got to play four quarters. And I mean, as much as I do think they should and will beat South Carolina, if they, if they play one half in that environment, they're going to be sitting two and three waiting to play Arkansas in two weeks. Back to Sawyer Smith, I'm really anxious for you to go to this press conference here in just a little bit now because I wonder how much – I'm not going to say he's blowing smoke because I, I do believe he's hurt, and I, I, I would have he's no hurt. reason to think that he could, he couldn't not throw that football. But do you really think there's a a chance he – you know, he did go back in the game after that injury. So I guess I'm anxious, I said, do you kind of get a tone today and if we're like seriously in a position where he might not play on Saturday? 
Yeah, I'm sure we're going to be hearing from, like I said, Smith usually talks on Wednesday, so I'm sure it'll come from Sawyer, uh, not Sawyer, from Eddie Grand, and I would assume Walker Wood's going to be available today. But, um, yeah, it's kind of, I don't, I don't know. It's just, I, I honestly, you know what? I'm not, you never want to give up on a game, and I love that Sawyer was able to, you know, shake it off and come back out for the team. But, man, with the score right there and knowing you're hurt and knowing what's ahead this year, I almost kind of wish that he had the self-control to say, you know, it's better if I just, you know, let the kid get his foot wet he, with wood, get his feet wet in the rest of this one. And, you know, we're running the ball pretty well. We still have a chance if we can make some plays on defense. And maybe it just would have been better that out the second half. And, I mean, people are going to think I'm just like, oh, well, you're saying that because they lost the game. But, you know, if we're talking about a long run, there's a ton of winnable games on the schedule. Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, UT Martin, Louisville should all be wins, regardless. I mean, who's that quarterback, really? And, you know, now you put that kind of in jeopardy by coming out in the second half in a game that was pretty much lost. And what could have happened is Walker Wood could have gotten some experience from it. And then maybe you're feeling a little better about him going into Columbia next weekend. But I'm not trying to blame anyone for that because, you know, Sawyer, that's really tough. And I, I respect that. And I was happy to see it, but just the thought. It always is going to come back to me to the schedule too, Aaron. You kind of just talked about that, but it's like, it's just so favorable. And like the measuring yeah. stick has always just been get the six wins for Kentucky football, get to any bowl. And now, I mean, it, they're, they're basically going to have to try not to make a bowl. I mean, six wins is just easy peasy. So, it's just a matter of how many over that. And so are you kind of in the camp? And I forgot to do a poll this week or I haven't had a chance yet. So maybe we'll run this as the um, Cats by 90 poll this week. But so is this like a must win situation for you in South Carolina? Like if they drop this game heading into the bye week is like no matter what this season going to kind of be a disappointment now or what? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Because if you lose this game, I mean, um. Yeah, you have a winnable schedule, and you should be able to – what is that, Arkansas, Louisville, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. So you should be able to rattle off at least five more wins, which would get you to what, exactly six? Seven. Seven. And you know, seven I'm sorry, you're right, five. Yeah. But um, so a seven and five year is kind of – is dis- I think anything – I think a disappointing year for after what happened last year and the talent they still have on this roster, I think eight is kind of that minimum. And with eight, you know, you're still looking at like a maybe an Outback Bowl in Tampa, maybe the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville, like they played in a few years ago, or even North Carolina, um, Belk. But you know, if you're winning six or seven, you're you know, you're looking at like a Liberty Bowl or something no one really cares about, and the stadium's going to be 99% empty with you know people that live in that city. You're not going to have that many fans traveling, and then you're going to have all the question marks going. I mean, next year on paper looks to be you know, a possible SEC East caliber champion team. But you're still going to have so many questions about the program if they don't get this, you know, get to that eight. And so, and with Georgia and Mizzou still on the schedule, I think those are both losses. They got to win on Saturday. Yeah, and it, it's just amazing to me that that seven wins is that measuring stick just based off the way the schedule set up this season again. And like if they had South Carolina schedule, you know, going seven and five would be like pat on the back. You know, it's just different. But right. another thing I think they're going to have to worry about it a little bit, Aaron, is so you drop this game in Columbia. I mean, obviously, it's just kind of woe is me as far as Kentucky football goes. And then they're going to start having to compete with Kentucky basketball from a fan basis. Because, um, you know, with the bye week, so that'll put 
their next game will be the 12th against um, Arkansas, which is the same weekend as is that Big Blue Madness weekend, right? So, yeah, well, it's I think the football game will definitely do well that weekend because at least it should because Jared Lawrence. So I think right. Yeah, oh yeah, the, it'll be packed. But I guess that's mean like holistically and stuff. They're gonna you know oh, they're yeah. gonna start. It's gonna kind of start dropping off from an excitement standpoint. I think you know you kind of already heard it this week. A lot of people were not happy at all just with kind of the way that Kentucky was prepared to play. Um, they weren't happy with the play calling last week. So just kind of a lot of frustrations mounting up, which is more so why I would say this is kind of a, a must win, um, not even so much for the, the season record standpoint. But you just can't drop three in a row and then go on a bye week. I mean, you'll be at five calendar weeks then right before Kentucky has the win. <laughs> I'll tell you what, they also need the win for their confidence because obviously they didn't play inspired football. If they get a win here in a tough environment in Columbia, they'll be feeling a lot better. But it, And if they don't, man, I mean – Think about it. Um, there are obviously some winnable games on the schedule, but you never know when a trap – I mean, these trap – they're all trap games, right? I mean, Arkansas, as bad as they looked last week in losing to San Jose State, and as much as their program is in shambles, they have a really good quarterback, and they haven't won an SEC game in two years, so they're due. You have Tennessee, who's just dying to have something for their fan base to be happy about. That could be a trap. You would think they're going to at least come in here and play tough, and then Louisville – has played a lot better this year. They haven't, obviously they have the two wins against, you know, EKU and KU for what it's worth, but they played tough in Tallahassee. They were with Notre Dame for two and a half quarters. So, I mean, I'm not saying Kentucky's going to lose those games. I think they should win all five, but man, I mean, you're, they're not going to come in with the same energy. I don't think knowing if the seats are going to be half empty and their season's basically, you know, for the Liberty Bowl. So it's just. This is a must win. It really is. Yeah, so they're already um I guess the tents are out for a big blue madness, aren't they already, Aaron? Slowly but surely. Yeah, I know. I think I had a couple fans hit me up, a couple people I know saying that they were gonna be camping. So maybe we'll try to get some pictures and stuff from that. But from a football standpoint, man, no no better team to see come up on the schedule. Wish it was at Kroger Field, but South Carolina's just bleeding at both ends too. Like their quarterback, freshman quarterback filling in for Jake Bentley, he gave the ball away. Um, for like, I, I haven't seen the play. I was just reading about it, I guess, where there was like a, a run pass option type thing. And he basically just flipped the ball to the safety on the one yard line. The dude took it back like a hundred yards for a defensive touchdown. I think Missouri scored twice on defense on Saturday. So it's a true freshman. It's thankfully a true freshman. You can see it. And, you know, he has, obviously he's the brother of the uh, past Washington state quarterback. So you respect that. And, um, you know, him going out there in his honor, but he's, he's definitely struggled, but it's, it's tough. Like you said, it would be really nice if this game was at Kroger Field because this is a tough environment, whether they're 0 or 1 and 3 like they are or they were 4 and 0, it's going to be equally as difficult. Well, we'll have some people traveling, Aaron. I know you're making the trip, so I wish you safe travels, man. We can go ahead and wrap this up. I really, really look forward. I'm sure we'll talk before then, but I, I'm anxious to get your report from Columbia. We can kind of compare Starkville and, uh, Hopefully over the next few years, maybe at least between us, we can hit um, all the stadiums here in, in um, the SEC. Uh, you know I'm going to – I should be going to Vanderbilt in a few weeks too. So. I would assume I'd be at Vandy too. Stinks I'm missing Georgia. I really wanted to hit Georgia this year, but um, it'll be on my list, and, and that'll be one that I'll, I'll definitely hit up in the next couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tough this year. I think that's a pretty much an auto L that everyone's throwing on that one. Yep. <laughs> All right, man. Well, have a good week if I don't talk to you, and then um, we will definitely catch up soon. Yes, sir.
Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow Cats by 90 on Twitter at Cats by 90. You can also follow Aaron and Drew at agershon99 and at bigbluedrew33. And remember, no matter the opponent, it's always Cats by 90.